I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. We welcome back Dan Phillips to the show today. How are you doing, Dan? Very good, thank you. Good, good. Now, I want to talk, we're going to talk about something quickly, even though we're going to be a little bit out of date, and we'll follow up on this the next time you're on, because we're recording this, what, eight days in advance. But you've got an invite to be part of the Thunderdome crowd tonight, haven't you? So we've just been talking uh-huh. off air. I have, yeah. I, uh, I entered the sort of, I don't know, WWE posted the link. I don't watch Raw anymore or anything like that. But obviously I was following because I will watch WrestleMania. Um, and thought, oh, I'll enter that. Didn't think anything of it. And then I just got a little virtual seat notification. So I read my rules. I've got to wear, can't wear um, anything non-WWE related. Yeah, yeah. Um, there will be a moderator checking me and all of this. But um yeah, I'm keen to see uh, keen to see what it's all about. It'll be mad if um, if you're like in a, like a fairly prominent position on there. <laughs> Ringside, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be so good. I, we'll, we'll talk. To, so this is the March thirty, March 29th or March thirtieth, Raw. March thirtieth, isn't it? So March 29th, Raw. March so, 29th, yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back next week to talk about WrestleMania because this is this has been released on April the sixth. So yeah, fingers crossed. There's some interesting stories, but I suspect yeah. they'll be telling you who to like put your hands up for and who to like put your thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, that's the that sort, sort of thing stuff. I'm interested. Behind the curtain, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll we'll be really, really good. Really <laughs> good. So we're here today to talk about the April 6th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, we're going to get straight into it. So at the desk, Jim Ross and our hero, Joel Watts, are there in matching Mid-South Blazers. Joel runs through the card. Brickhouse Brown is here. The Barbarian, Jake Roberts and Dr. Death in tag action. Chris Adams versus Steve Casey in the second round of the TV title tournament. Not, watch, not sure what happened to the first round. Plus the dream team of Kerry Von Erich and Terry Taylor. Um, we then get on the screen the brand new Mid-South television title bracket. Oh yes, and what a thing of beauty she was. Yellow card, I believe, though that could possibly have been from the degeneration of the videotape over the years. Um, uh, black block capitals in marker pen. And um, so Jim Ross said that Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the number one seed. And as such, he had a buy into the second round. Chris Adams was the number two seed and the winner of his match versus Steve Casey would get a buy in the second round. So it makes complete sense to me. Every match, the 15 minute time limit, uh, a time limit draw means a rematch the following week. A double DQ means both men are out. What did you make of these brackets in this tournament explanation to open the show? I uh, just, my first note is the TV tournament is back. Um, yes. I, it's actually, I assume TV tournaments probably one of the, when you started this podcast, one of the first things you sort of covered really, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, the TV title was probably uh, February, was tournament then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. February, February, May, February, March and April, I think, the previous year, 84, yeah. Yeah, so I remembered that um, back when you covered it then. Um, and I also remember the talk of the board and it, you know, it weren't graphics, it was handwritten. Yes. Bald. Um yeah, I mean, I love that even it even had the special rules on there. And I don't know if you noticed, they then just zoomed into the names where maybe they realised we got a bit over the top there with this. Uh, it just looks like something you would do, like if you were setting up a quick tournament at school and you were like, right, quick, we're going to have a quick, like, I don't know, knockout, five-a-side tournament. These are the rules. Whack it on the <laughs> whiteboard. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. I, lo- I, I loved it. Um, yeah, yeah, and... And I, I was trying to, it's very difficult on the old footage to try and work out. I was trying to look at the draw, a bit like, you know, when you can see a pre, pre, um, predetermined draw in like football, 
for us. Yes, or yeah, yeah. And you look like, oh, that's oh, let's have a look to see. So I'm just, it's very funny because I've just, I've just finished watching the New Japan Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. the contrast in the in the presentation of the brackets and the uh, <laughs> and how it is, and and ironically, as I say, with the pixelation from the VHS, uh, weirdly, I, I felt I understood the uh, Japan Cup board which was in most of it in Japanese. And I did this one, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the board is back. The board is back. Yeah. And I just looked up. That was a good guess of mine. Cause the mid South TV title tournament 84 was Feb- February to April. So um, a good guess. So Ross then recaps one of the most tragic things he'd seen for quite some time, even though in the eyes of some people, Kamala, Skandar Akbar and Friday had it coming. The pile driver that Friday took on the floor that has taken him out of wrestling may have been the bond that broke the communication between Kamala and civilization. And Skandar was very concerned about that. Um, we then ca- cut to a recap of Kamala beating down Shawn Michaels and going for the top rope splash before he was saved by various wrestlers, including Terry Taylor, who ended up dropping poor Friday right on his head by a pile driver on the outside. Kamala checked on him and pulled him up by the back of his shirt. And the guy sold this like that was absolutely the end for him. Kamala hoisted him over his shoulder and took him to the back. What did you make of this recap? So this was a recap from last week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so first and foremost, you just broke one of your rules from going over. I've got a recap, but it's too, it was too good not to speak and, and, about. And, really. and it, which is really annoying because the note I made was I was adamant you weren't going to recap, ah. and I was going to just and I was going to make a point that oh, you recap for Ricky Morton, but you won't mm. recap for me. But uh, you know, I now feel <laughs> as privileged as he does, so I take it all back. Um, yeah, I mean, I did laugh when it was like he, he introduced it like there'd been a death. Yeah, and then he went. But in the eyes of some, they had it coming. <laughs> I, actually got, I actually laughed quite a lot of that. I also um, really enjoyed the way he said, he started off saying, it's one of the most tragic things I'd seen for quite some time. As if like, well, yeah, yeah. Well, how much tragic stuff did you actually see? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I must admit for me, the pole driver onto the concrete is not very Mid-South. Um, I was watching this back like, whoa, this is, and it, it was see Terry Taylor doing it as well. Yeah. I was, that is really not, I didn't expect that at all. Um, and Friday looks, he was done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just a quick question on that. Obviously I've seen him with Kamala and actually, sorry, just before I go on to Friday, I did notice that Kamala come off the top rope. He finally mm. did it. Uh, yeah. I can see why he doesn't. He was about a yard short. Um, he, and had he, to sort of yeah. propel himself slightly forward. Well, but, at least um, this time he didn't slam. So yeah, he has done it in a couple of other couple of other appearances. But at least this time he didn't slam his knees into the back of the person taking it. So there was at least right, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but show me just. So Friday is what Kamala's what? Is well, he like, so it's ha- kind of like handler is the handler, but then yeah. handler and is it Friday? Is in the day of the week? Yes. Yeah. And is there any reason why he's called that? Um, I think that it's a strange this, name. this is probably a thing where um, I believe there are a lot in in the, this is this is going to sound like an awful sweeping stereotype generalization, but I believe in the continent of Africa there are quite a number of people that are named after days of the week. Ah, uh, so interesting. I think, that, I think that's I think that's where you know where that oh, comes from. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Another <laughs> little bit of knowledge that I like to get out of you guys. Yeah, that, that I think that is that is what it was. But I thought, did you think that the um the, the pile driver was a little bit OTT from Taylor the babyface there? Because Friday didn't really do that's what that I'm much, saying. Did he? No, and that's what I'm saying. I was really shocked that of all the people to do the like the first time I've seen sort of something along along them lines outside the ring, something sort of quite dangerous like that. 
that's not like, you know, using a weapon or whatever, was by a tailor. And like you say, it was a bit, he's done it on, see, he's a face, but he's not done it to the heel. He's done it to like the heel's handler, as we just called it. But in essence, you could argue an innocent bystander in, in, yeah, in, a, exactly. in a weird way. Exactly. That, yeah, I, I found it all a bit strange, but, but I didn't go into too much depth of the notes because I thought, I weren't sure, maybe not, I weren't sure if last week's, um, you know, not to date this, but, you know, where tomorrow's episode is out tomorrow in our time here. But what I'm saying is I don't know if you, if it explained it last week in like, I don't know if there was a bit more rhyme and reason behind it. I don't know uh, if like Friday no, attacked him earlier on no, the show no, or something like that. Not really. Um, not really. Yeah. I'm just looking up more about these names. So yeah, it is, it is a cultural thing in some in, uh, Ghana, 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 sorry, Ghanaians have, have it also. There's though they have certain names whereby if you're born on a certain day of the week, you have a, you, you're a girl or boy, you're automatically called by that, by that. Sunday name. Elise. Yeah, there you go. There's another one as well. So, um, so, so yeah, that that is cert- that is certainly a thing. Okay, so I think that's probably sense. where that that came from. Certainly, yeah. Monday Bandini from Dream Team, but he is fictional. Uh, yeah, but again, that was probably <laughs> that was probably the that was probably but the same la- again, lazy yeah. skip script writing as it was in this, wasn't there? Really? So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, basically, um, Ross said that the pile driver that Taylor gave Friday severed the communication between Scanner and Kamala, but then backtracked a bit and just said it had damaged it. And we cut to the promo with Skandar. Skandar said that if he were Terry Taylor, he would sell all of his property and sell his soul because he's now a marked man. He said his control was limited in the past. And as a warning to everyone in Mid-South and the world, he now can't guarantee that he can control Kamala. He said before he's a marked man, he be- he better see look over his left and right shoulder and then he hurled his cane down. What do you make of this promo from Skandar? Yeah, so I well he mentioned he's his handler in this. Um just FYI. But um I was gonna say that um with Skandar, I I, I haven't heard him very much mm. talking. I see him in the ring and stuff. Um I haven't heard him very much. So I was quite quite interested to see and I see the angle he's going for. That in essence, you know, he, you've you've released the released the beast. In essence. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've unlocked it. It's actually quite, it's actually again, like you know, often these things could link to to now, etc. But um, going back to the New Japan Cup, it's a bit like, uh, and also actually assaulting an innocent bystander um, when Will Ospreay won won the cup, and he obviously assaulted his girlfriend. Mm. But the point he was trying to make was. Of like going along the angle of I'm I'm out of control. Yeah, yeah. No one could. No one knows what I'm going to do next. And this is, you know, that 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 sort of um, sort of angle is quite like it's just been used quite a lot through the years. But I haven't actually seen it in this sort of, you know, like, that's it now. So he's yeah, gone. Yeah. We can't. Yeah, we can't yeah. trust this guy. No one knows what he's going to do. Yeah, um, so watch out, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, in ring, Boyd was wearing an unbelievable black jacket with green leaves and pink flowers on it. I think this is probably, Joe. You know what? I'm going 10 out of 10 on the Boyd Pierce fashion. I'm also for this. What do you think of this jacket? Just, do you know, the detail on this, yeah, I can't imagine what, how good that detail must have looked in person hmm. because you could see the detail on this pixelated VHS, <laughs> right? You could see the detail. So what that must look like in first hand or if, they were, if there was ever anyone that was able to make this, you know, full HD, you know, thing, I think we would just be in awe of it. 
because um, it looked incredible. I think it must have uh, just looked phenomenal. I would have thought it was the only only thing I could uh, possibly think about it. Yeah. Uh, so I've completely lost my place in my notes, and I'm scrolling backwards, very professional as always. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. No dead air. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where are we? Yeah. Uh, so that's we've right. got. Oh, here we go. So first up, Tommy Pritchard and Tim Horner in an unusual babyface versus babyface contest. Um, and Joel talks about how this may be more of a scientific match. So this is in the TV title tournament. And Ross talks about how this was the number one wrestling show in the country. And both men wanted the $10,000 first prize. Pritchard took a huge spill to the outside just after over a minute. And Horner held the ropes open to let him back in after he recovered, uh, which got huge praise from Ross and Joel. And Joel said, these two men are burning up the canvas. Horner ended up taking a spill out of an abdominal stretch after just, I can't say the word abdominal, after just four minutes. Um, Joel thought Pritchard was helping Horner, but instead, Mr. Pritchard slammed him neck first over the ringside metal barrier, which led to a, oh no, from Joel as Tommy seemingly turned heel. The referee then counted Horner out in 4.52, and Pritchard was the winner by countout, even though Joel said by DQ, which Ross quickly corrected him on. I thought this was decent, albeit my expectations were a little bit higher, but I did like the story with helping each other back into the ring, and then obviously the double cross from Tommy Pritchard. What did you make of this one and the Pritchard turn? Yeah, this is so ironic. I don't, I've, God, I've, I've mentioned it loads of times, but how quicker the matches are. But I, I think I heard you uh, a couple of weeks ago mention about how they're getting longer. Yeah. Um, but I still thought it was interesting that because this was 15 minutes, they had a little sort of, Joe had a little talk around, oh, it's a longer match. This is going to be a lot more, they're going to be a lot slower and all of this. It's like it's 15 minutes time limit, which now <laughs> yeah. sounds ridiculous but he's like oh they're going to change their complete strategy uh, for the extra five minutes um yeah i really like this and um again going back to what we said we talked about the pile driver um horner dropped on the on the uh, on the barricade that's something quite you don't really yeah see yeah often. that's true and, yeah. and i must admit and you know you don't because the minute it happened i knew he weren't getting back up from that mm. um because I thought this is going to be a thing here. Uh, and I just wonder, so, and I don't know, we don't know what's coming, but in the space of, what, two weeks, you've had a pile driver onto the concrete outside, drop on the barricade. Are we going to start to see a few more things that we're more familiar with now? You know, a bit more using the arena. Using, yeah, yeah. I wonder if this is the start of maybe they've gone, I don't know whether they've taken, like, looked around at other promotions have gone, hang on a minute, we need to add a bit of, bit of like gore or a bit of you know juiciness into this to, to mm. appease some people it'd be interesting to see um so yeah i thought the account was inevitable but i, I just put it's a shame actually because it was a decent match yeah it was so yeah. i wouldn't have mind i wouldn't have mind um it going on for a bit longer i would quite like but to yeah, see my, my uh... expectations probably weren't as high as yours yeah um so therefore i quite liked it I would have quite liked to have yeah. seen the ten-minute version of this, but yeah, this this was this was yeah. good for a mid-south eighty-five TV match. Uh, Brickhouse Brown versus Thor, aka the Future Nails, aka the stunning Steve Austin lookalike at the time, was next. Um, Ross said that Pritchard would be up against Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the next round, and Joel was disappointed with how Tommy won the match, but he understood that the money would mean a lot to him at this stage in his career. So perhaps fair enough. Joel called Thor an awesome specimen, and um, the crowd wasn't really into this one very much. Brickhouse faked across body. Thor turned his back and Brickhouse landed a headbutt out of the corner for the quite shocking pin in 207. Um, really not much this at all. Any thoughts on Brickhouse versus Thor? Um, Thor well, must be the biggest, most well-built jobber in the history of 
territorial I mean, wrestler, I would have thought. It's interesting. He's new to me. It's interesting you said about, I really was looking to see, I was like, he, he can't be Austin, can it? It can't no, yeah, be. No. Um, but he's massive. Mm. Um, so he's new to me. I must admit, just as a side, four is my favourite Avenger. Uh, at a second bullet point, for the wrestler, is not my favourite wrestler. <laughs> and uh, thought I'd give him a go. Um, I'll give him one likeness to four, the Avenger. He did make me smile yep. when he ducked the jump that never came. Yes, yeah. Uh, that did make me laugh because it lost cost him the whole match. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, not much to say about this. What a, as you say, what a strange, um, strange little match. What, 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 uh, I only vaguely remember him, but what was Nails like in WWE? I, um, I, I, I know I've seen some of his matches. I know I have. Yeah. But, not you. You you have a way better memory than me of, of things like this. What um, what sort of what 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 level are we talking here? Like an intercontinental no, level, or not no, even that? Not really. No. Nails Nails came. He was quite heavily pushed. Came in for a big feud with the Big Boss Man, which culminated at the Survivor Series in '92, which was a night stick on a pole match, which Boss Man won. I think Nails and Vince McMahon had an altercation either at that event or shortly thereafter, um, a physical one, and he was donezo, and that was it for him. And he was he left. I don't I don't know if he did much after that, but yeah, not. Um, I mean, this that was a long time. And that's what seven years after this. So I mean, it was quite quite a long time. But I don't I, I didn't know him much in other promotions. But yeah, it's just weird that a guy with that body is not. They can't find something for him. It's a bit of a strange yeah. strange one, really. Um, next up, the Barbarian versus Richard Die. And Richard had an incredible blonde mullet and a physique closely resembling mine straight after Christmas, paler than a bottle of milk, no traceable muscle, and a very loose and rotund gut. Um, the Barbarian did some jumping up and down, a little reminiscent of Tito Ortiz back in the day, and just as annoying before the bell here. Um, Richard tried to grab one of the Barbarian's arms, but was shoved down. And this happened again, as Joel said that he didn't think Richard Dyer had much of a chance in a test of strength. Dye then went to the middle rope, tried a cross body block, overshot it, and the Barbarian just about managed to flip him into a big, uh, into a back body drop. And this looked awful and was really dangerous, terribly dangerous for Dye, who could quite easily have ended up landing on his head here. Um, in 155, but the Barbarian got him in the elevated full Nelson, and that thankfully was it for poor Richard Dye. The Barbarian hit the ropes and looked like he was going to land another move, but just decided to scream at Dye instead. Um, thoughts on the Barbarian versus Richard Dye here? Um, I think you mentioned the other week you weren't sure how tall the Barbarian was. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard in a podcast they mentioned he's six foot eight. So um, he's probably six six if you had a couple of inches on. That's tall. So, I mean, that is a tall, that's a tall, tall man. I mean, it's big, yeah. Um, mm. I actually done a little rhyme on my notes here. Richard Dye looked ready to cry. <laughs> he absolutely uh, did. Didn't mean Richard Dye nearly looked ready to die after that, that, yeah, that yeah. back body um, drop. But yeah, which was really scary. I mean, there, was, there was one bit, like they said at the end, old Dye gave it his best shot. And I looked at, he jumped off the top rope at one stage. Yeah. But that was his best shot. Um, yeah, a lot of jumping and stomping around. Um Really nothing to write home about. No, no, not the best. Next was uh, next up, Ed Carr, Boo Thomas, along with Steve Williams. And this was Thomas's second Mid-South television appearance. And he was up against the always reliable Brad Armstrong. So Ed Carr Thomas had a slightly ill-fitting singlet on with triangles down the sides, which made me think of the classic Hummel Denmark football shirts in the late 80s and early 90s. Did you did you spot those uh, little diagonals? Did. did you make the same? Uh, I did. Uh, oh, I was... This is on... Um... 
This is on. Hang on a minute. Who who was who was wearing that? Ed Carr. Yeah. Did who had? Yeah. Who had? Um, Doctor Death with him. Uh, Ed Carr. Ed Carr. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Always no, the same. So I'm just yeah. I'm just getting. I'm just getting my uh, my notes have gone through. So I did notice that. Yeah. But, and I and I wrote about that, but I wrote that the outfit was about the outfit because he's representing Oklahoma University now, which yeah, obviously is yeah. my my adopted team. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. yeah, I noticed it straight away, and it's just strange. I, you know, been following him since September. I was beaming with pride. I was, <laughs> I was beaming with pride. And what I also like love on it actually, and now I really notice is Jr. will always make a make a point of mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. Which I just love now. I can't get enough of it. No, um, good on him for doing it. I know, um, so, yeah, so, so yeah, sorry. So I did notice, but more, more, more for my uh, my, my Oklahoma links. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ross talked over Armstrong's in-ring achievements and also talked about what a tremendous person he was. And Joel is really pleased for his success as well, and has been watching his career for a long time. Williams got involved on the outside, tripping Armstrong, which gave Thomas the opportunity to get on top. Quite a lot of headlocks in this one, with Thomas clearly still inexperienced. In spite of another attempt at interfering from Steve William, holding Ed Carr's singlet when Brad tried to monkey flip him, Brad still managed to get the one, two, three with a great diving sunset flip. Again, not the greatest in reaction here, just passable for me. What did you think of Thomas versus Armstrong? Um, I'll tell you what, the commentators about Brad Armstrong, they, they appreciate he was a great wrestler, but they made sure we knew that he was a tremendous person yeah. and a great guy. That's Babyface uh, baby 101 in uh, 1995, uh, so, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but this one, really, um, did you notice the sign? There was a sign in the crowd. Uh, it said, did it say choose death? Or was no. that later? Go on, no, sorry. There was yeah. a lady, she had a sign that said boo on it. Oh, did it? And I okay. wasn't sure originally whether she was sort of doing a bit like, a bit like what I might be doing tonight, holding up a, you know, boo. <laughs> or maybe she had the instruction card, but. Um, there's obviously for Boo Thomas, and, and next to her, a <laughs> friend next to her, which I we I find out later on that that what she had this sign for, but she had a sign in her hand, and as I say, that the match was it was an amateur style wrestling match, and mm. I actually thought it was fairly good standard. But obviously, with these matches, lots of holes, so therefore I was you know, my my attention was averted a lot, and. Uh, I know she 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 had the sign and she had it on her lap, I think, and she got the old Polaroid out and it flashed. Oh, she took really? a photo of the sign that she was obviously going to there. She weren't taking a photo of the match. Yeah. That she was there for going to hold up. And I was waiting for it. We didn't have to wait long. It would come up in the next match. And I'll oh, advise wow. you what it was. Okay. But yeah, she was taking so she was proud of herself. But just a testament to these sort of amateur style matches. They are good standard matches, but like you say, lots of holds and things, and yeah. my my attention was averted, and, and and the ladies of 1985, you know, were more interested in that science. Yes, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, basically, Doctor Death and Jake Roberts are up next, going against Shawn Michaels and Private Terry, Terry Daniels. Alas, again, the Marine outfit is uh, is no longer. This is where the Choose Death sign was in the front row, which I saw, which I presume was a positive one for Mr. Williams. Uh, there was a really nice early exchange with Michaels and Williams, which led to a roll-up for a near fall. Ross said it was a tribute to Michaels that he was able to come back from the match with Kamala the previous week. Joel said he's been putting in the time and been in the gym, and he thinks he's going to be a great star. What a great shout from Joel Watts there, because 
Crikey, who could see that? I mean, Michael's was clearly good in the ring, but for his size and, you know, yeah. one of the better North American wrestlers of all time, probably top. Um, it's difficult now with some of the newer guys, but certainly certainly top 10, if not top five. Joel then went on to talk about Jake and called him, called him psychologically deviant. And apparently Jake blames everyone else for his losses. It's the lady at the toll gate's fault for him having a bad day. He then said that Jake was a strange individual. And I just haven't done that justice, but this was really good stuff from Joel, really in the style of his father in terms of telling the story on commentary and being a narrator. Um, also a DDT, DDT sign in the front row. So clearly some there you go. fans. That was it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly some heel fans in the Irish McNeil's Boys Club. And that was the one that she was taking a photo of, was it then? Yes, that mm. was the sign. Excellent, excellent. There was a superb drop kick from Michael as he got a sustained, a sustained period of offense in on Williams before Dr. Death fought back. This ended after the stampede slam from Williams, followed by Robert's fantastic DDT for the pin on Michaels in 4-16. This was the match of the show so far for me with some nice moments with Michaels. What do you think of this tag team match? Yeah, I enjoyed this. Um you know, um, I saw, I think you've been mentioning recent weeks that Daniels is a uh, outfit has been reducing in. Yes. Reducing his size. Yeah. This week was just a jacket, which he just took off and flung to the, <laughs> flung to the feet. He's literally one extreme to the next. Um, and then I noticed that Michaels has gone from, was it MTV in week one? Yeah. He's now, he's now had Mid-South Wrestling on the back of his jacket. Oh, did he? He's I didn't a, spot that. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Mid-South, yeah, yeah Mid-South yeah, mid uh, jacket on. Um, in regards to Terry, though, uh, as I said, he has gone a uh, bit extreme. So he's gone all prim and proper. I don't know if you noticed, but for for quite a bit of the match, you just got a close-up on his wedgie. Oh, which I don't know. Is that called the same thing in the States? I think it is. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. I don't I, like, it yeah. was just right in the middle of the screen. Just like, up, up, like, pants up his, up his <laughs> butt, as they say. Um, yeah. Um, and, then, and then you had Jake in what looked like pyjama bottoms. I, I, I was actually going to have a quick mention about Jake. It was a good week for me to review it because, um, as you as you know, Steve, I, when I was a kid, I had a Hasbro Series 1 Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake, and inevitably over time, see the snake went pretty early doors, probably as yeah. a kid, <laughs> and then and then and then the, and then the Jake didn't didn't make the various moves and stuff Hulk has, and uh, through the joys of uh, joys of eBay, Jake's back, yeah, um, and I now have a, a desk with both of them on, with Snake, with Snake, yeah, so yeah. there you go. That's uh, I was I was happy to see him this week. Um, yeah, you mentioned the sign. Um, and uh, I thought the uh, the lady would be quite happy in the crowd as well because there was a line in the commentary uh, that said, "Jake with his tremendous length gets the tag." Wow! So <laughs> I thought, you know, not only she got the sign there, she's going to be very happy when she gets home and is is about Jake's tremendous. Crikey, length. we've transcended uh, into a carry on <laughs> film, which I, I don't I don't dislike it to be honest. So yeah, carry on. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this one. It's a good tag team. Um, had a bit of uh, innuendo for me to laugh at. Um, I think Jake and Doctor Death look, yeah, really pretty good. Yeah, um, this was this was a really enjoyable. This this was a, this yeah. was about as about as good as a four minute sixteen uh, TV match yeah. can get. Really, and yeah. um, Michael's just getting better and better. I was going to ask, has he won yet? Uh, not on television. Oh, we beat right. Kamala last week by DQ actually. 
Oh, so okay, yeah, so right. yes, in a in a way, but I mean that wasn't okay. much of a victory. But, but yeah, he is yeah. getting better and better, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, and he's a young. So, yeah. I mean, he's nineteen or twenty here, so he's a young man. Yeah. So yeah, there's only only the only way is up, as uh, the classic yeah. song from Yaz goes. Um, which was the number one the day my wife was born, actually. There you go, little little fact. Do you know what, num- what number one day you were born was? No, but I, I actually, I probably do. Uh, because uh, it's something that surely we've all searched, haven't we? Let's have I'm a little, uh, um, let's have a little uh, look. Day, number one you, day you, you, I was born. What, I'll tell you mine before, while I'm looking yours up. Um, mine was Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie, so, uh, which I feel like I've been for most of my existence. What was oh, your... I've got, I've, got, I've got it. You got it, you got it, you got it there. So oh, I was about to ask you an embarrassing question. I can't remember off the top of my head what your what your birthday is, though we uh, celebrated your 30th um, together in Newcastle. So that was right. a bit later than um, the actual day, wasn't it? That is right. Well, yeah. well remembered. So just double checking because sometimes you get these people get these things wrong. Um, it was Reet Petite. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I might get, I might play a little bit of that at the end of the show. I think, actually. <laughs> I'm pretty Fantastic. sure. I'm just sort of like triple checking to make sure that I'm not claiming something that's, you know, looks ridiculous. But it, it depends. We're talking in the UK charts, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I, I've gone UK. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not sure what was in the in the American charts, but yeah, yeah, Petite. What a song. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, not very nice, very nice. So back to back to mid south. Um, Steve Casey versus Chris Adams, the Battle of the Brits. So this was this was surely the you know um, Lennox Lewis and Frank Bruno were still a few years away, but this was a huge clash of two titans of British sport. Um, they're up next in the TV title tournament, and Joel talks about the signs in the crowd and how people are recognising what good competition there is in mid south, and the people who you can't fool realise it. Ross said next week, the nightmare, Eddie Gilbert, Dutch Mantel and the Rock and Roll Express will be there and encourage people in the five states watching, plus ev- everyone on the super station to tune in. So at this point in time, this promotion was national in terms of television exposure. So they were coast to coast on basic tele- basic cable television for the next three months on a Sunday on TBS. So this is, this is in terms of... Um, you know, this is the big, most significant television deal this promotion ever had, and this is this is the period they had it in. So um, Adam super kicked Casey over the top rope in three twenty two, even though Casey basically no sold it and got up straight away. Um, Adams then stopped him getting back in the ring with several boots and Sheamus style forearms over the top rope. He brought him back in with a back suplex, then went up to the top rope and missed a splash. And the ref called for the bell by DQ, which was this was totally bizarre. Ross speculated he had to make contact for it to be a DQ because obviously in mid south and eighty five you were not allowed to come off the top rope. Adams disputed this and attacked Casey, tied him up in the ropes, and then tried to hit him with a cross body. But Casey got out of the way, and Adams flew out of the ring. And um, this was a just a this was a diabolical finish, I guess, just to get Adams out out of this out of the tournament. And um, what did you make of this um, this match and also the finish here? I don't mean to do it. Go go all mark mark on you here, but I really like this. Oh, did you? Match. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I've actually put great match. One of the best I think I've seen. <laughs> wow! I absolutely love the match. I loved it. Good. Yeah, well, I'm pleased. Um, yeah, let me go through some points to try and do this a bit of justice. Um, first note is Rule Britannia. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't know Steve, who Steve Casey was, but I guess from his appearance and his name that they were going to say it was from England. Well, um, yeah, I, I must understand. I, di- I really didn't know him, him either because I think he he was probably around in the world of sport days, but which is obviously a little bit before my time. Um, but yeah, he um, it, it wasn't someone that I was I was sort of fully aware of, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a. Uh, there was a lot of talk about you mentioned about the that JR mentioned yeah, so I heard him say making contact off second rope so so what that meant I put question mark so what that meant is that anything second rope or above if you make contact it's disqualification well, I think top, if you come off the, you can come off the second rope if you come off the top, off the top rope you're yeah you're, you're DQ basically um, now they made a big uh, thing about how great Ronnie West the ref is Mm. I don't know if you know it's halfway through. It's a bit of a oh, Joel's, shadowing. Gu- Joel's gushing over him. Yeah. <laughs> so I did I did I did put here JR Ronnie West would not get this wrong. Yeah. Um yeah, he said he's the best in the business. Um yeah, I, I mean I saw, you know, Adam said it, like there was a super kick. He super kicked him over the top yep. rope, which I thought was brilliant. Like again, very good see, super kick, yeah. Really good. He also he also followed up with a hard suplex to us, but suplay. Joel yeah that was the original so I think it was um Gordon Soley used to call it suplay and I think it's originally Uh, known as a suplay actually yeah yeah Yeah. because he used that so that was that um yeah I I really like the match I even really like the the post-match um when Adams went over the dropped rope oh yeah yeah it kicked off I liked all of that Oh, yeah. good, yeah, uh, good, good. And on the back of this, on the back of this, I watched um, a gentleman's choice <laughs> documentary about Chris Adams, done in two thousand and eight. Yeah, um, I had to double check that after watching it. That it was done in two thousand and eight because if it had said nineteen eighty eight, the documentary, mm. I would have still questioned the how it was put together. Was, um, it, it was like a child's project. No disrespect to the person that made it. But it how was long a, was it? And it's on YouTube. Hour it? and a half. Hour, wow. hour, hour and a half on YouTube. I admire um, your dedication to the cause there for watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very sad. Mm. It's really, really sad. Um, it is, in essence, you know, you've got Chris Adams, who, in essence, had it all, it was very promising and all of this. But he started drinking and I think it it turned around where I think they were on a flight going somewhere. And the flight was delayed for three hours. So they were given um, unlimited drinks mm. and all the wrestlers on the flight were on the card. Um, so they just had one or two. He wasn't on. So, I mean, part of me was like in true British style, yeah, three booze on a plane. He's, that, he's gone yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, but to the point where I think when they took off, he actually assaulted the co-captain. Oh, no. So he got sent to prison for two years for that. Yeah. And um, come out and got his life back on track. And then he trained Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, he, he, he didn't. And World Stone Cold Steve Dallas, Austin. Yeah. And Stone Cold Steve Austin went off with his wife. Yeah. Mm. So that obviously messed him up a little bit as well. Oh, they cover that. Uh, they cover that in, in in some detail in the documentary. They, a little bit. I uh, I think they're a bit careful around it because also they they just done a bit to say that there was a spell where all of Chris Adams' interviews were, you know, how great is it that because it sounds like his wrestling school was really good, mm. and I think there was a spell where he, he was constantly asked about 
his wrestling school. Right, okay. And yeah. the fact that, oh, wow, what a great story Steve Austin is. And he would answer it very, you know, yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. But they like said, you know, that was pretty grating on him, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, and he just sort of ends up, you know, just drinking drugs and just mm. goes for it. If I was to, it's pretty sad. I mean, if I was to mention one thing for anyone that watches it, there's a, uh, a lady on there, a friend of his, a, a, a stripper friend of his, who claims that she's she's off everything. Um, I can't quite explain. I mean, when you go on the YouTube comments, everyone just says, is she sure? Yeah. She talks at about a thousand miles an hour. Mm. She can't sit still. But what I'm trying to say is this is the sort of circles he was mixing in by the end. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a really sad story because yeah. he clearly had a lot of ability. Another wrestling tragedy, ability. wasn't it, basically? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and this one isn't, isn't someone that dabbled in dabbled in your, you know, your, your stuff to make you bigger and musclier. He just was pure party, yeah. party recreational drugs. Um, mm. And to be honest... You know, you're watching this documentary, I must admit, it gets to the end. You've got his friends on there who are like, you know, oh, there's nothing we could do. There's a little bit of, okay, I'm, I'm sure there was probably something you could do, but you were probably using his money. To, right, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of stuff like that. It's 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 put together, you know, again, like a project. But I do I do think it's really probably it's interviewed quite a lot of people quite that were in really in the thick of it. So yeah. I would recommend it. Just oh, okay, interesting, a, yeah. Just an interesting, it's just something different. So uh, if you Google, if you, you uh, do a Chris Adams documentary on YouTube, you'll be able to find it, presumably. Yeah, yeah. 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 A gentleman's choice, yeah. All right, cool, great. But anyway, again, but I, I enjoyed the match, so I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. No, that's all fine. That's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so Kerry and Terry, Dream Team up next against Paul Brown and Jack Victory. Um, Kerry and Terry got a decent reaction coming out and Kerry's name was misspelled on the key again. Um, Kerry and Terry, I'm, I'm getting sick of saying that already, threw each of their opponents into one another. They tried a little do do but ended up running into a Taylor forearm and a Von Eric claw. And both men were down and pinned in 119. And very little to this other than to get the North American champion and Von Eric on the show. Any thoughts on this short match? Uh, sorry, just before I ask you that, I actually think um, I was wrong in what, something I said last week about last week being the end of a taping. I'm pretty sure that this was actually the end of the taping because there's oh, yeah. nothing. You can see what's coming. Yeah, there's nothing about there's nothing about the um, the, the Superdome results though. Interestingly, last week we got some foreshadowing of what happens to Ted DiBiase, but I'm pretty sure this was taped before the Superdome show on the 30th of March and then aired afterwards. Um, so yeah, it is a bit of a, Kerry was there, obviously Terry was there to get him out. I think that affected their reaction coming out. But what did you think of this match? Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to Kerry and Terry, the dream team. Mm. Um, and they looked, uh, you know, there's the odd wrestler here and there. You can see that, that it's the change where wrestling's changing. Uh, you know, they're like, look at, I mean, look at Kerry, man. He's, he's polished. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's powerful, he's a machine. Uh, yeah, they've got the double pin after throwing him into each other and the two blokes doing a little bit of Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Twisting around and all that. Um, yeah, it's a shame it's not longer, but the opposition were, were nowhere near up to much. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I, I knew it was coming, so I didn't yes. sort of get too excited. I was happy to, to see them, but I knew I weren't going to be seeing anything. Yeah, it's like 10 or 15 minutes. 
Um, so next up is what Ross called from the legend, a legendary honky tonk in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan and country music superstar John Anderson. So I looked up this place where this next segment was was from. So basically, we're about to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan visiting a John Anderson concert, and this was uh, this was this is still in Tulsa, Oklahoma now, and is known as Kane's Ballroom. And it has a four and a half star rating on TripAdvisor. And I thought, I thought four and a half stars, a bit harsh, you know. And Mitch's review in April 2020 didn't help this. So Mitch said, he kept, and I quote, came here for the Death Grips concert last year. The venue was excellent. The show was insane. And although the pit was super intense, everyone was still respectful, not overly violent. Ha ha. It was an amazing experience, and the venues and amenities were a plus. I'd gladly come here again. Four stars. Why did he only give it four stars, Mitch? That is unbelievable. What an absolute disgrace. And also, it gets worse. So it wasn't just him. IS666111, not his real name, I suspect, said in August 2019, easy to get to this very famous venue in Tulsa. I love the history and uniqueness of the place. Rodney, like always, killed it. Presume that was the band or artist. Tulsa should be very proud of this wonderful historic place. Would love to come back again. Four stars. That is disgraceful. Absolute disgrace. I really respect you for looking on TripAdvisor. I Thanks. wish that's something I'd done. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you ever de- delved into TripAdvisor? Would you, if you had a like a bad experience on holiday or a restaurant or something, would you delve? Would you go on? I have threatened to. Yeah. To think that they might uh, change their attitude, but never actually done it. And I've also told people I would leave them a good trip advisor review yeah. to get something and then never left them mm. either. So I use TripAdvisor um, in, uh, what's the word for it? In essence, I use it in theory, but I don't actually use it. Yeah, I use, I use it a it. bit, a little bit, but not too much. I mean, I, I can imagine that's right up your street. Yeah, it is a bit, but... Just I, reviews I... of different toilets. <laughs> like... Um... Carrow Road, yeah, no, no yeah. seat on the, the toilet. Um, no, I use it for things like um, a few hotels where I, I felt not not that things are necessarily sort of really bad, but I remember like we went on a holiday in Greece and it was really like a family resort. It wasn't an adult resort at all, and I, I felt like it was slightly um, slightly misadvertised, shall we say, as like more of an adults' holiday when it really wasn't. It was like it'd been an amazing place for you to go with the girls and stuff, but it wasn't really a couple sort of place so i said that i was like yeah this is like five stars but bear in mind this is more of a family place and stuff like that but i don't i'm i, I don't think i've ne- i've ever left a super negative um review on TripAdvisor, but i probably would um but yeah i just don't understand that if you've had a great time with someone you can't fault it don't give it four stars because that that <laughs> really really impacts on on people but anyway back to the show we cut to the concert venue um, Duke's Country with Jim Ross narrating this um, saying this was recently the venue for a party that won't soon be forgotten I think it was called Duke's Country at the time um, Jim Duggan yeah. and Warner Brothers recording artist John Anderson jam-packed this legendary venue with wrestling and country music fans and Hacksaw and Anderson were shown backstage and going out there and Anderson introduced Jim Duggan to a really great reaction to the crowd from the crowd to be fair um, Duggan grabbed the mic uh, and, he, and said he wanted to welcome the Black Sheep, John Anderson and the John Anderson Band. And I don't think it would be unkind to say that Duggan may have enjoyed a few adult beverages before this promo. Um, we then got the band playing a song as we got shots of people dancing. few great haircuts and moustaches in here as Duggan was signing some autographs. John and Jim were then shown on Anderson's tour bus and Anderson said he was proud of having Duggan out there with them. 
Duggan said he had a great time and all the people were foot stomping. Um, this was really awkward for some reason, as, as Duggan talked about how fun it was being on the road. Um, he had a cup in his hand and I suspect it wasn't water. Anderson said a lot of country fans were pro wrestling fans as well. And Duggan said he and the Rock and Roll Express sometimes put on a John Anderson tape on the way to the matches. Ross finished by saying these two were quite the pair and, the, and these people that were in attendance that night certainly agree. I've, I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, it was just a bit bizarre, but it was it was great. It was, it was cl- a bit of classic Mid-South video. What did you make of this uh, this segment here? Yeah, I question if they actually knew each other. <laughs> that that like, coach was awkward, good, isn't it? Yeah, they are like yeah. Uh, mates. Um, yeah, I, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the combo of wrestling and country music and I like the fact that he stressed that even the Rock and Roll Express like John Anderson. We throw uh, on tape on the way to the matches. So yeah, crikey. Yeah. Um, I mean, I to put it in perspective, I don't know. This guy's had 40 singles on the country music chart. Wow. Five number ones, including Black Sheep, which was the song that he sang. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. September 83. Um I put that there just in case you did it, and I no, I, I didn't look up John Anderson. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, but he's obviously the real deal in the old country music world. So actually, I can imagine at times this is a big, big little well, collaboration. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I, again, yeah, I, I, it, it was it was quite funny watching them all yeah. doing their little dancing and stuff. I mean, you know, I did look, I did look out for Phil, but I don't know if I saw him. <laughs> and I was having a little look. I'm not sure what you know what he's his jig would have been like in the background. There. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was amusing. It just, it felt like a time filler. It was. Yeah, it was. And I, and I got this wrong yeah. last week. As I said, I, I was, I was this, this last two weeks of TV have not been, there's been some fun moments in there, but this has not been ap- absolute classic, but I feel like it probably just, it, it probably came down to the fact that the Superdome was available on a certain weekend and they were doing the rematches and stuff around their loop thereafter. And it probably just was slightly awkward in the way they tape television. So you got kind of two filler weeks rather than the normal occasional one, yeah. I think. And that's what the, that's what really this was. So we've got the start of the TV tournament, TV title tournament now. Um, but I suspect that next week we'll be back off the races with continuation of TV title tournament, a few new faces, um, and also uh, you know m- more angle stuff. And Ross basically signs off with with much the same. Next week we've got Roberts versus Armstrong. Um, Williams versus Terry Daniels in the TV title tournament. My money's not on Terry Daniels in that one. Plus the return of the Rock and Roll Express. So quite a wrestling heavy and angle light show this week. Um, and the highlights for me were certainly the Dr. Death um, tag match involving Shawn Michaels and Terry Daniels and also um, Jake Roberts, which was really good fun. And also, you know, I love this. Um, I love these uh, these 80s videos and the Hacksaw Jim Duggan and John Anderson stuff was really good. So what are your final thoughts on the April 6th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling? Yeah, uh, personal highlights, I guess. JR and Joel, actually, despite, you know, Ability-wise, they are my favourite pair. So oh, I, l- I love Joel. I'm always disappointed yeah. when I don't have Joel on there, and I and I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I don't. I'm not. I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. Joel gives me, uh, I would say, solid to good commentary every week, and yeah, he gives really me, passionate. yeah, at least three things. I like. I absolutely laugh out loud out. So I yeah. love it when Joel's on. I wish Joel was yeah. on every week. So that was my thing. Uh, yeah, the tag match was great. Uh, I like the. I like the British match a lot. Yeah. Um, and actually, at the end, they showed you a little final recap at the table. I'll tell you what, it's a huge win for Steve Casey, straight into the semi-finals with that. Yeah, yeah. Going back to sort of how I analysed little 
uh, charts. I, was, I paused. I was like, he has he's hit it out of the park. Yeah, he's there. through. He's through. Absolutely. Good old Steve Casey. Finished, I, yeah, I, again, I'm not quite sure that if he'll make the final, but, <laughs> you know, good luck to him. You know, yeah. we're an underdog, a British underdog at that. But um, I actually, like you say, really wrestling heavy show, seven matches. Mm. Um, and I actually, for an end of, which I think we've established, yeah, end of taping, they're usually pretty drab. This was better than last this, week. This, actually, was, to be fair. this was decent. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, I enjoyed it. Right, excellent. We will be back uh, next week. We're going to have the, the the normal April 13th, 1985 review of Mid-South Wrestling. And we're going to try and um, do a fairly whistle-stop review of WrestleMania, just uh, the high points, the low points, our thoughts on the on the match card. So if you have any interest in WrestleMania or you or, and you want to know what it was all about this year, we'll fill you in. And also, you may have watched it, may have caught it on Peacock in the States. Um, now um, and maybe interested in what our thoughts are on that so Dan where can people find you on uh, on Twitter and can ask you about your experience last week on the th- in the Thunderdome fingers crossed fingers crossed uh, yeah. at Dan PFFC good stuff right thank you all for listening we should speak to you all again very very soon thank you very much for listening to the show if you've enjoyed it why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at Mid Moments on Twitter and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon. <laughs>